Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of And I'm All Set. Tonight, this is episode eight. We are discussing a little plant called marijuana. Tonight's episode is called Don't Trip Out, Man. With 420 coming up in five days, as of this recording, we are going to uh, discuss marijuana, share our personal experiences, and discuss societal taboos and stigmas surrounding the plant. As usual, my BFFs are here, Mini, Nazum, and special guest is also a BFF, Froglinostics. He is neither a frog or a linostic. Um, but we'll save that for a different <laughs> podcast. So how, how are you guys doing today? How are you, Minnie? I'm doing good. How are you? Living the dream. Can't complain. No one will listen. What's up, Nazum? <laughs> I'm awesome. How are you, Pyro? Yes, I'm in <laughs> Massive oversell yes, this time. <laughs> That's a very big change from the last episode. Yeah, I was going to say, wow. Where he was playing the role of your friend's stranger friend that you've never met before, saying hello to you. <laughs> so, See, now, that, hey. that would have been perfect for this week. It would. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, and how are you, Frog? Uh, wait, what? Where are we? No, I'm good. <laughs> Am I outside? We're in the back of a Kmart. Oh, my. So, um, yeah. Good to have you with us this week, Frog. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar, Frog has been a part of the Playhouse for many, 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 many years. It's and... Inception. He's our uh, residential jackass. <laughs> <laughs> so he worked in perfectly for this episode. Um, and yeah, today we are going to be speaking about marijuana. And I feel that it is such a huge and important part in so many different lives for so many different reasons. That is just one of those things that we need to talk about. So I know with me... Personally, I am a enthusiastically avid user of the plant. Um, I started when I was young, but I didn't start using regularly until about five years ago through my battle with cancer um, as an alternative to some medications. So what were some of your first experiences with it, Pyro? Oh, hold on a second. Sakes. <laughs> All right, my personal experiences with it. Oh, just kidding. Um, yeah. So I, I am a. I used to be a stoner. I'm not so much a stoner anymore. I, that doesn't affect me the way it used to. Now it makes me, um, freak the fuck out. To be completely honest. Sometimes I overdo it, and then I'm just like, <laughs> I think I'm dying. I think I'm dying. And then I end up in the hospital, you know, and everybody's looking at me like I'm an idiot because I am. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, so I don't partake in it as much as I used to. I do, you know, smoke a little bit here and there. I'm not going to lie. I smoked before this because it was fitting. Just only a little bit, though. <clears throat> um, but growing up, that's – I was, like, all – 90% of the time I was high. 
when I first started smoking all the way. Yeah, not even when I first, all the way up until I decided that I can't handle it anymore. I was always stoned. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, no, I, uh, I can appreciate that. <laughs> what about you, Nizum? So, I, my friends used to smoke it back in, back in high school, and I never really got involved with it. But the first time, the first time I tried it, I was in college. So, our college being age between 16 and 18, so that, that stopgap between high school and, and university. And we just sat there and bear in mind, this was like in the space of like two weeks, I had my first McDonald's and everyone's like, what else haven't you tried this? If you haven't had a McDonald's, like a, a quarter pounder or a Big Mac, what else have I like, I've never smoked weed. And everyone's like, oh. so. Somehow the two always managed to go together. Always. Somehow, exactly. So. What essentially ended up happening was we jumped in a, a mate's car, uh, went to a nice quiet spot, and pretty much hotboxed the whole kind of thing. And yeah, like I literally took the big, because I thought it was like smoking a cigarette, took the, the biggest drag possible and just ended up coughing my whole lungs out. I'm like, yeah, everyone's laughing around me, but like, Nazel, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and they, they, they all thought it was hilarious. Like, it was like, okay, oh, okay. just went with the flow. But that was. I still cough sometimes. That was my first experience with it. Um, it wasn't my last, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> going into university, I. I watched The Shining one evening, was completely high. Um, not recommended at all because those two girls on the trike, no, when he, the boys on the, when the little kids on the trike and the two girls come out, that scene just freaked the hell out of me. Like, I just. <laughs> I just imagine you <laughs> jumping through the ceiling with these little kids coming onto the screen. <laughs> Frog, how old were you when you started using, and what was your experience? Um, I was 14 years old. Uh, I was living in Florida at the time, and my one of my best friends got it from his sister, and him and another close friend of mine went in his garage, and we began smoking out of a little makeshift pipe we made. I don't know about every, like, a lot of people say they didn't get high the first time. I was really high, like, ridiculously high. I kept making them laugh. I kept going, smoky, smoky. And they would just giggle until we heard the garage door open as his mother hit the corner of the street and opened the garage door. Then we all became very paranoid. And <laughs> we, we ran to the only place we thought that the smoke smell would come off us. And that was we jumped in his pool in the backyard. Everybody has an in-ground pool in Florida. Everyone. So the only problem with that is his mom's number one rule is nobody in the pool when there's not an adult home. So, of course, she was going to notice we were in the pool because we're not supposed to be in the pool. So she was really pissed off. Um, the kid that brought it, she told him to go home. 
And then she grounded me and my friend to his room because I was over there so much. She just said that I eat her food and stay in her house. I'm also grounded. Like I couldn't go home until like I had to go home. Like the streetlights came on. She was like, all right, I guess you can go home because that's kidnapping. I was like, you grounded me for a whole day. She did bring us peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and cookies and milk, though. Oh, boy. Okay, so... When your friend's mom um, drowned you. Personally, the first time I tried it, I was 12. And it was at a friend's house. And I stole it off my dad. And uh, I was coming home thinking my parents were working because they both worked full-time. And lo and behold, both of my parents were home, which at that time of my life was super rare because dad, for work, he would travel. So he was gone for weeks at a time. I wouldn't see him until the weekends. And I remember walking up the front lawn. We used to have this big birch tree. And for whatever reason, I thought it was fucking hilarious. Just this tree in general was funny to me. And I ended up laughing so hard, I fell over onto the front lawn, not noticing my parents are gardening. So they then turn around and look at me, and all you could hear is my mom like, oh my god, Edward, she's high. <laughs> so my parents walk me into the house, and I'm sitting on the kitchen counter where my parents are trying to give me shit, but my dad is watching me trip the fuck out, and he's laughing at me so hard he can't even yell at me. <laughs> so... Needless to say, I didn't get in a whole lot of trouble for that one until I was sober. And then they sat down and had a, a conversation with me. And then fast forward, when I got my, my yearbook in from high school, one of my senior yearbooks, I think it was grade 11. And my friend Lindsay wrote in there like, hey, remember when we used to get high out of my bedroom window on lunch when we still went to St. James? My dad's like, I remember this. I was like, no, you don't. <laughs> so that was my first kind of experiences with it. Oh, I um, didn't even say uh, how old I was. I was I was fourteen, by the way, when I first started smoking. All right, go ahead. I was I was young then. So here, being um, that I'm in Canada, not only is it legal here medicinally, which it has been for quite some time, but now across the entire country it is legal recreationally as well um which has been a huge thing like it's very awesome i can't even tell you how great it is because it came in at a time um where i was always uh, already using it medicinally um it came in at a time that i was prescribed it for ptsd and I have found that as a medication alternative for a lot of things, it has helped me out quite a lot. So aside from, you know, liking being high, because I do, I'm not going to lie, um, I found the medical effects to be absolutely fantastic. Um, do any of you use it for medicative purposes? We'll start with Nazum. Um yeah, I have. And so here, I'm me being in Wales and the UK, it is still illegal. Now, it has been um, decriminalized 
but that's only in very small quantities. Now, that doesn't mean that it's fine to just go out and, and have it because what usually happen is if you're caught with a small amount, they will give you a non-spot fine, make a little note of it, and so on. If you get caught again or you're a repeat offender, then yeah, things start getting slightly more serious. Um, but in terms of for medicinal use, yes, I have done. I wish I could do use a lot more of it. However, with the with the legality behind it, it makes it a little bit more difficult to it makes it a lot more difficult. Now, for me, I live in chronic pain. I am constantly at the moment with my vascular issues, with my leg, the leg ulcerations, all of that stuff. Like I am constantly in pain. And I have prescription painkillers and those things are highly addictive and mm-hmm. um, I try not to rely on them. So in most instances, I might be that, you know, happy-go-lucky kind of guy that you speak to, but I'm usually most of the time in pain. I just hide it quite well. And if I could, I would ditch the painkillers 100% and just go towards weed. But unfortunately, yeah, absolutely. That was the same with me after um, when I was going through my cancer treatments and whatnot. I was on all sorts of different painkillers and anti-nauseants and everything else. And my dad walked into my room the one day, uh, like came over to my house, <laughs> just busts on into the bedroom, walks over to my nightstand where all my meds were, took all of my painkillers and everything else and put them in the medicine cabinet and threw a giant bag of weed at me and said, this is your medicine now. <laughs> And that was that, uh, because he was concerned about the amount of drugs that I was taking otherwise. Um, Brog, do you use it for any medicated purposes, or is it strictly strictly recreational for you? Um, I have, I hurt my back a couple years ago at work. I'm a, for people who don't know, I'm a CNA slash IAP at a state mental institution, and I had a very large patient kind of fall on me. I had to hold her up. And I have a a herniated disc. So I do use it for pain. But I mostly like edibles for pain. It gives a different feeling. I do find them. uh, Yeah, I find them Mm -hmm. a lot more effective for pain as well. And But I do smoke because I like to be stoned too. Like I like (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. Like I'm not going to lie. Like I don't do it when I go to work, obviously, because I have a, like I have to be professional and I have like a pretty dangerous job so i gotta be on alert but when i get home oh my god that's a great way to decompress for the day and just like de-stress i agree from my I job absolutely agree pyro how about you um <clears throat> so i guess technically the the original reason why i started smoking i guess you could consider i was using it for medical purposes mm-hmm. you know like um anxiety I was a teenager, always had fucking high-ass anxiety, uh, mm-hmm. depression, you know, normal teenage shit. And yeah. That's the orig- original reason why I started smoking, you know, and, but mainly it was rec- recreational and it was just another thing to do while hanging out with the people that I was hanging out with. 
which wasn't exactly, you know, fantastic role models, but it is what it is. <clears throat> it is what it is. Oh. Now, there's still a lot of stigma, obviously, from a lot of people that surrounds um, the use of marijuana and everything else. Do you ever find that it influences the conversation when you let people know that you are a marijuana user, Prague? Uh, well, for me, yes. But a lot of times, too, I'm also covered in tattoos, so people just assume I use drugs sometimes, which is also a, it's a whole other podcast for that stereotype. stigma. But yeah, <laughs> but it, it sometimes it kind of coincides with it. If I'm like, yeah, I smoke weed, they're like, oh, you must do pills, too. And it's like, I smoke weed, so I don't do pills. Like, I don't like painkillers at all. I've lost friends to that stuff, so I really don't like them. But... Yeah, I, there is a, a huge stigma around it because there's a lot of false information about it. True, very true. And we'll get into that uh, in a little bit here. Um, Pyro, do you feel that people treat you differently when they find out that you smoke weed? Um, not really. Um, but no? I haven't really dealt with, with anything like that. Probably think maybe once in my entire life. I think there was like this one girl. When she found out that I smoked weed, it was just like, I was like this bad person. But. I found that people react to me better when they find out that I smoke weed. It's almost like they become more, their walls fall down a bit. Like they find out that I'm a marijuana user. They're like, oh, okay. Hi, how you doing? Let's go hang out. You know, let's go do this. Or, you know, they'll have a conversation with me online or something. Um because they now know that information about me, which I've always found kind of interesting. Uh, Nazum, do you find that you have a harder time talking to people about marijuana use, given that it's still not that common or legal in your country? You know, in my hometown, literally yeah. a lot of people use the stuff. Like, it literally, <laughs> like, honestly, I kid you not, you could walk down. So where my dad's business used to be, um it's on what we would class as you would class it as suburbia we would class it as just an estate and literally you could just walk around and within like 20 20 yards or so you will catch that that whiff of that that smell and you'd be like okay someone's literally getting high right this moment so my whole my whole time I would love that so in terms of other people not so much because people generally don't care here the the general consensus is it should be legalized and and so on but i have hit stumbling blocks when it comes to family members who were dead set against me using it for medicinal purposes but that's the angle i originally took um was because look i was like do this because the alternative is I get jacked up on pills and yet the pain will be gone. But what's going to happen in six months, a year, two years when I'm better, like it's going to be a nightmare trying to come off this. And even then I was up against it from, from certain members of the family who were like, nope, if you take it and you think it's not, it's going to do more harm than good and all of the usual stuff that comes around, all of the misinformation really. Um, 
bad, it's bad, it's going to affect my mental health, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like all of that stuff, the, the negative, negative aspect of weed, all of that stuff was just thrown at me. Like, look, look, I'm in pain. I need something. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I found it, I always found it really funny that when I was younger, when I was, uh, you know, preteen, teen years kind of a thing, my parents were always... You know, those typical parents, like, drugs are bad, just say no, this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs, that whole thing that were really dead set against it, and it was just one of the worst things for you. Meanwhile, I mean, dad's a stoner, so whatever, hypocrite, but they would uh, do the whole, you know, weed is bad, and as I got older... And when it became legal and everything else like that, like I've made mention to the fact that my dad threw a giant bag of weed at me, not the first time I help him grow his plants. Um, I make jokes about it with both of my parents, which if you told me 20 years ago that my mom would be joking with me about my marijuana use and bringing me taco dip because she knows I'm going to get high and eat it all later, I would have never, I would still be laughing at you still to this day. Um, how are your parents with you using marijuana, Pyro? Um, well, it's funny because, like, my mom didn't find out <laughs> that I was a hot smoker until, like, whew, like I was in my 20s, like late 20s, too. You know, then same thing, like, I smoked cigarettes, too, around the same time I started smoking weed. And she didn't find out I smoked cigarettes until I was 19. Oh, geez. Yeah. So my I, parents found out I was a smoker when I was like 15 years well, old. I was just very good with hiding things, you know. I couldn't give two fucks. I think that was my bigger oh, part I, of the issue. I was petrified of my parents. Well, my mom. <laughs> and my see, mom. that was that's the thing is like my parents, they were absolutely 10,000% against me smoking cigarettes, and they still would be if they found out I was smoking now, which I don't. Oh, uh, but if I same. was. My mom and dad would rip a strip off of me, and that terrifies me. Absolutely. They're okay with the fact that I smoke weed, but oh. cigarettes? Mm, big no. My dad. Frog, I have a feeling that your parents uh, couldn't give two fucks, but... Uh... <laughs> well, My mom been smoking bud since the 60s. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> this is, I could answer this one. Yeah. yeah. So, I know that everyone's had... Um, negative experiences with marijuana and i'm curious to know not embarrassing because that's going to come up next but the most negative thing that has happened to you because of weed pyro oh yeah i knew this was this was aimed at me all right so <laughs> like a couple of years ago <laughs> a couple of years ago shut up frog <laughs> I, I went to the doctors and my doctor was just like, dude, your cholesterol is really fucking bad. And he's looking at me, you know, and I was, you know, pudgier then than I am now. And I looked like I was pregnant. My kids would rub my belly and say, when's the baby due? Oh, that's nice. Yep. So but he said, it's even even though I may be a, a slightly overweight my cholesterol should be somebody who was a lot bigger than I was. Therefore, it was genetic. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, he told me I had to take these meds. If not, I was going to die. You know, he was didn't sugarcoat, but he also liked to bust balls. But he just kept saying, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. So I go home. I'm hanging out with my wife on the couch. And we're watching this show on at the, either one of the streaming services. And, yes, all this matters, by the way. I'm not just rambling. All this has, you know, a common connection. So we're watching this show about these aliens who live in a um, housing community. And they're this family, non-alien family. And I mean alien from outer space, non-alien family moves in. So that's the point of the show. But one episode um, was about death. And so my wife's like, oh, let's smoke. So we're smoking and we're hanging out and... I'm supposed to stream um, on the Xbox Ambassadors channel like an hour from us smoking. And we're watching the show and he gets on a ladder and he's washing windows and whatever. And all of a sudden he has a heart attack. And that triggered something in me. And I was super fucking stoned. And like my brain, it just recalled the doctor like in my face saying, you're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. So something clicked <laughs> in my brain and I'm just like, oh my God. Like in that moment, in that moment, I realized my mortality, you know, and for the longest time, it's like, you don't truly realize, you know, that's the biggest trick that our brains play on us is that it makes us think that we're not going to die, but we are. And in that moment, on a cheery note, <laughs> well, uh, but in that moment, it dawned on me that that is that's going to happen. Then my I was leaning on my arm, and my arm was all numb and tingly. So I'm like, oh my god, mm-hmm. why is my arm all numb and tingly? Mind you, I'm stoned. I, I'm not realizing it's because I was just resting on it for 20 minutes, <laughs> and I started freaking out. My heart started pounding. And I'm sweating and I'm like, oh my God, I think I'm having a heart attack. And I didn't want to freak anybody out. So I get up, I fucking run downstairs. Then I run up the stairs. Then I ran down the stairs because I figured, let me get my heart rate high from doing something. And at least then I know why my heart is beating so fast and not just sitting on the couch. And now my wife's looking at me. She knows something's up. She's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm just, I'm freaking out. My heart is pounding and it was pounding. And finally, I calmed myself down. I calmed myself down. And I was like, all right, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then I sat on on the couch. And then a second wave came in and hit me. And it was just doing that for like an hour. So finally, it's time to stream. I'm like, all right, maybe this will distract me. I'll be fine. You know, I sit down. I hit the go live button. The timer's going. My wife's downstairs with me just in case because she thinks I'm about to pass out. And I'm sitting at the at my, you know, stream area and the countdown's at 30 seconds. And as as I'm getting ready to hit the intro, I look at her as like, you need to call an ambulance because it was coming back. And I just started feeling really funny. So I shut the stream down. I'm fucking pacing back and forth waiting for the ambulance to get here. I text message uh zoot um just to let them know that i have an emergency i can't stream or a frog no i messaged frog to get in touch with zoot or somebody 
to let them know I wasn't streaming. The ambulance comes and they're asking all these questions. And yeah, I told them I was, you know, I smoked pot. They hooked me up to the fucking little EKG machine. My heart was beating at 277 beats per minute. Holy shit. Yeah. The human equivalent of a hummingbird. Yeah. And so the guy's like, all right. And he's talking to me. And all of a sudden he grabs these, um, the, the charging things, the paddles. Now I'm freaking out even more. <laughs> he sets them down. I calm down a little bit because they're no longer in his hands. <laughs> he grabs what I assume was baby aspirin. You know, and, and I'm just like, dude, am I going to be okay? Like, <laughs> am I going to be okay? So all I remember is me asking him, am I going to be okay? <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, we, well, we got to try and get your heart rate down. And I just remember fucking getting to the hospital, coming through those doors. And it was like everybody in the emergency room knew that I was fucking stoned and freaking out. And it was just dead quiet. Everybody was staring at me. At least that's what it felt like. Probably wasn't the case because, again, I was stoned. And they just injected me with all these different things to fucking calm my heart down. And I just remember falling asleep with my wife there, you know, looking at me like I was an idiot. <laughs> which I am. And then I came to and they were talking about my heart and all this other stuff. And I don't remember anything that they said because I was now on all these things to get my heart rate down. And I slept for like three hours and they woke me up. Didn't even ask if I had a ride and just kind of said a bunch of stuff and sent me on my way. I didn't even know what hospital I was at at that point in time. I don't even like, I was like, my wife was here. She's not here anymore. I'm like, how am I going to get home? <laughs> and so I call my wife. <laughs> she comes picking me up. And like, I had to go to the doctors after that. And he was just like, well, what hospital was it? I was like, well, sir, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Let me text my wife. Cause that, that was a fucking night to remember. So that is my negative experience. <laughs> that is one negative experience. I wasn't expecting that. I don't know what I was expecting, but that wasn't it. Yeah, nope. That was my, my negative experience. I'm crying. You know, Frog was involved in that because I believe at some point in time he gave my wife a ride to the hospital. <laughs> Dude, I talked to you for 45 minutes on the phone. You never have a conversation at all. <laughs> My God. Okay. Um, mine. I mean, that. Wow. That's uh, hard to follow that one up. But uh, mine wasn't quite as exciting, I guess. But I was 14 years old. And I had just gotten to school late because I had an appointment. And how it used to work was that we would have to go into the admittance office if you were late they would give you a green slip and then that would get you back into class being like oh yeah you know they're not just skipping class they were out we do know about it here you go and i went to get an admittance slip and i got it and i put it in my pocket and the attendance um secretary had asked her back to write something else on it or whatever. And when I pulled it out, out came my bag of weed with it. 
and fell on the floor in front of all these administrators, including one of my VPs. And parents were called and I was arrested <laughs> and I was uh, put on probation. <laughs> and that was not, not a favorable experience through the entire thing. So not, like I said, not nearly as exciting, but it was definitely a very negative experience. <laughs> and what was yours, Frog? Uh, hmm. Well, I have two kind of small ones. Uh, and they both involve pot brownies. Um, once, like the first time I ate some pot brownies, I was at my sister-in-law's house and she had made them. And she was like, oh, have one, have a, a wheat brownie. And I was like, all right. She's like, eat two because they're not that strong. Now, mind you, my sister-in-law is way more of a pothead than I am. So not that strong to her probably isn't the same to me. So I ate two. And then a couple minutes later, she said, can you go to the grocery store? I need like X, Y, Z to finish making dinner. We were all eating over there. And I said, sure. So I go to the grocery store. And as I exit my car at the grocery store, the brownies kick in that I had forgotten that I had eaten 30 minutes prior to that. So I was at the grocery store high as a giraffe's ass, higher than I've ever been, trying to figure out what the things she wanted me to get was. I got really, really scared. I started crying and I called my mom. <laughs> <laughs> because I started freaking out. And my mom was like, why'd you go to the grocery store? And I had to explain everything to her. But she calmed me down and I was able to get the things I needed. I walked by the same mile 17 times. But I got everything. I was at the store for like an hour and a half. Everybody thought I went home. And the second time eating brownies, I was downstairs here playing Xbox. This was only a few years ago. I was playing Xbox with uh, an old friend that used to be a part of the playhouse that is no longer, but we were playing and I went into my freezer and I found a brownie that I had made a couple of months prior to it and then frozen it. And I didn't realize the strength and potency of these brownies that I had made. So I, oh, no. I thought it out and I ate it and we're just playing, uh, I think call of duty or something like that of all the guns and we're shooting and it just kicked in. And I mean, you know, when your whole body feels like it's numb, like little pins and needles and you feel like you are TV static. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's what I felt like. I felt like a lot of TV static. And <laughs> I told that person, I was like, I said, dude, I am so high right now. I need to lay down. So I laid down while we were playing. I fell asleep on this man. You fell asleep I on man? out. No, like on the person we we're playing with, like, I woke up like an hour and a half later and there's nobody in the party but me. <laughs> and I wow. was, I was like, kick, it just, there was just a screen that says like you're kicked from the match. And actually my Xbox <laughs> might've actually just been off. I think it was just off. Oh, and I was still high when I woke up, like still stone. <laughs> Nazum, do you have any uh, stories of this nature? Uh, well, 
Oh. <laughs> let me let me let me tell you, never ever mix drinking and smoking together. Um, yes. Because it's never it never ends well. So um I so this is a couple of years before I became ill. We had one of the guys I used to work with, he was he played in a band and he was doing the gig that night. It was a Friday night. So we thought, you know what, we'll all go have a little team outing, have a good laugh and make a night of it. And um so one of my one of the girls I worked with, she was um she was what everyone would describe as a stone that doesn't drink but likes to get high. So straight from leaving the office, um I got stoned with her for a bit and then went out, had a few drinks, and then she would every once in a while go out, light up a joint and come back and I would always go with her come back and then get a drink at the bar now I can't even remember what time it was but at one point in the evening all of a sudden went out took a couple of puffs come back in and I felt lightheaded and this place is it's a complete dive like it wasn't the best place it was like it was a bar downstairs. There was like a, a little bit of a stage where and a small. It wasn't like a huge venue, um, but like you could easily fit a good couple of hundred people in there. And all of a sudden, I start feeling like headed. Everything is literally spinning around, and I just stumble and I fall flat on the ground, and I'm pretty much whiteying right there on the floor <laughs> um <laughs> luckily enough there were people like some of my friends and people i was with that night were there so they picked me up and they're like are you okay i'm like yeah i've just drank a bit too much blah 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 didn't say that you know, i've been smoking i was like i'll be fine just leave me alone i'll just go find a seat and i'll sit down and i tried to walk and went down again like boom hit the ground i'm lucky i luckily didn't injure myself didn't hurt myself or anything like that and my friends all kind of like people i was with they were all getting worried and, and they're like we need to chuck him in a taxi and and get him home i'm like nope like i am fine after all that, they just ended up dragging me down like to the bottom half of of, of this of this venue, leaving me sat there, uh, just just left me sat there, and I literally just slept for like what must have felt like an eternity. No oh, man. <laughs> Luck- luckily enough, like the the guy who was playing in the band, he knew the people who owned the venue, so he literally apologized and they're like, look, he's just been a bit silly. In most instances, I would have been thrown out because, you know, um, no one wants that in, in their bar club venue. Um, in their bar club venue. In the bar club, <laughs> bar club venue. venue. <laughs> yeah, that is what we're going with. Um, but it was an absolute nightmare. And you know what? I... Yeah, uh, I I wouldn't want to go for that again. Like I was, yeah, I was literally a mess that night. Um, and it wasn't 
as much as I'm looking back at it now, it wasn't a pleasant experience. I can uh, laugh no, and joke about it. No, it does not sound it, like but, it would have been. <laughs> um, and like, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky I didn't knock myself out and have like concussion. I'm lucky I didn't like, because I'm pretty sure I landed on my shoulder. Um, oh boy. Lucky I didn't break my arm um, or any other bone in my body. So Now yeah, I'm going to throw this one out to everybody. Um, does anyone have any particularly embarrassing moments that they experienced while high? Embarrassing? <laughs> well, let's hear what Frog has to say. Oh, God. Do we need to come so, back to you? <laughs> so, all right. So I, I stayed home from work one day because my stomach hurt. I wasn't feeling that great. Sometimes if I smoke, it makes my stomach feel a little bit better. I thought it was just something I ate or whatever, but I guess I had the stomach bug. So I was home alone and naked. And because it was summer and it was hot and I had a third floor apartment. And I was playing video games and then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, now I'm really high at this point. I start feeling that like rumble of you're sick. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw up. So I run to the bathroom and I go to throw up. Now everybody knows when you have the stomach bug, you sit on the toilet and you grab the trash can. That's the rule. I put my face in the toilet, but I was naked. I shit everywhere. Oh God. <laughs> All over the bathroom. <laughs> I had to clean that up while I was sick. Well, I hope so. And then hop in the shower because obviously gross. It was just a terrible day. And that I sounds felt... like that would be a terrible day for anybody. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> I got it in the litter box. My cat was all confused. <laughs> <laughs> just sitting there looking at you like, oh, excuse me. <laughs> she was just like, why? Why here? Pyro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, embarrassing? Not really. I mean, all the, all the embarrassing stuff usually happens when I'm not high. So, <laughs> well, it probably happens when you're high too. You're just too high to give a shit about it at that but, point. But that's that's it. I mean, I I have memorable stories, I guess, but not. But I don't know if that's going to be like another topic. I hit a volcano. At one point, no. okay, for anybody who has not had the pleasure of using the volcano, it is a weed vaporizer. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yep. And it is fucking amazing. Look it up online when you have the chance, Frog. It is so expensive, but so fucking worth it. So it was my first experience with the volcano, and I was stoned off my ass, and I laughed so fucking hard, I peed my pants. I think that was probably the worst one. At least I was at home at the time. <laughs> Volcanoes are great. Love my volcano. Doesn't work anymore I now. To, I will have to look into that. It looks like a flying saucer of awesome. So I guess... I I was just going to say, I don't have any embarrassing stories apart from obviously that that night 
that nightmare of a night uh, and little tidbits like you know just moments where I've been my face nothing as embarrassing as 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 that so yeah <laughs> now when it comes to the recreational side of things do you prefer drinking or smoking weed anybody Oof. um before it used to be smoking weed because like yeah you're high and things are silly but you still have control of of yourself you know what i mean for the mm-hmm. most part <clears throat> so i i enjoy that more than being drunk and you're not like you're goofy but you're not as sloppy and you're not waking up hungover not hanging up not hanging up yep not waking up hungover <laughs> not hanging up woken up <laughs> um fuck um and the only thing is like obviously <laughs> you have the munchies and that you know that is sometimes an issue like eating a whole dozen donuts to your head well true and then waking up the next day and you just want to crawl into a hole and not exist (laughs) why did i do this to myself (laughs) (laughs) at that point i think i prefer a hangover over to that because you just drink some water and eat a greasy breakfast and you're usually golden for the rest of the day i hate being hungover zoom what about you see in the past, I would have said definitely drinking more because because it's more of that social experience. However, there have been times where I've been out in out in at private parties where people have just sat down, chilled out, and after an evening of fun and frolics and all of that stuff, all that good stuff, just bringing out we just chilling out and just having like a little conversation and and just seeing like you know just so now i would definitely say i would prefer to get high than drink frog i feel like i know your response for this one as well but go ahead i always prefer to get high yeah (laughs) it's not for me when i drink i'm kind of obnoxious like I am. It depends on what I'm drinking. You're obnoxious like, when you drink. Yeah, bad. Like bad. Oh my god, I'm never giving you liquor when I'm around you. Nah. Um, <laughs> nah. So, we've all heard the old uh, stigma when we were growing up and everything else like that from people saying that weed is a gateway drug and if you start smoking weed, you know, within six months you're going to be using heroin and all this other shit. In your experience, has the use of weed wanted to made you want to uh, try something more intense or branch out into something different, Pyro? Um, uh, let me come come back to me on that one. Come back to you on that one, okay, Frog? We'll go with you. Um, it never made me want to. I have tried once or twice different things, but I never was interested in them. Like, we didn't make me interested in, like, trying cocaine. Right. Like, it didn't make me interested. I never had interest in heroin, I can tell you that. That doesn't look like fun at all. Um, I I tried acid once, and once every six years, I'll do mushrooms for spiritual purposes. 
Uh, fair enough. Nizum, what about you? Now, this is going to be really controversial, but not for the reasons that you think. Now, in the UK, in my honest opinion, I do believe that weed in its current and with current legislation, I believe weed is the gateway drug to far more harder stuff. And that's purely down to how it's sourced as an individual and who you source it from. Usually these people are relatively questionable they do do they've got other sideline stuff going on and it more comes down to peer pressure rather than that desire so in that instance possibly yes now if the uk government decided yes we are going to legalize it we are going to have dispensaries all over the place no it's not a gateway drug at all because I, you never ever hear of someone checking into rehab because they're addicted to weed. It's usually for alcohol addiction or pills or the class A stuff, the hardcore heroin, cocaine. I've never once heard anyone go into rehab for being addicted to weed. But I've never personally, I've never ever once had that urge or desire to go, okay, I am... I want to try X, Y, and Z because I'm getting stoned and I want the next best thing because that's not how it works. Yeah, I don't think I've ever smoked a joint and been like, man, I got to get my hands on some crack. You know, like that's exactly never like... been, <laughs> that's never been but... the thing. I've tried, I've tried mushrooms. Um, Jealous. You know, that sort of thing. But uh, those are becoming... Uh, legalized for medicinal purposes here as well. Yeah, so, it's nice in, that, in a lot of places, actually. Yeah, I'm actually want, quite excited. Do just want to add though, what's stopping a questionable person adding, say, a little bit of fentanyl to a oh, batch of drugs? That happens all the time. All the time, yeah, um, and that's where you get the, the the issues with black market or what's considered to be black market weed um is that people are spiking it or everything else but you run that risk with any drug that you buy on the street yeah but and it also comes down to um, the most important thing uh, from anything is make sure you know where things are coming from and who you're getting it from if reputable sources distribution center um like for the most part even when i was younger we always got it from the same people, and those people were our friends, and they were growing it themselves. You know, there yeah. was never, uh, oh, I got to go talk to my guy, and then this guy's got to talk to this guy. Like, I've never had to deal with that. It's always just been somebody who has it because of, you know, they grow it. Um, right. I just needed to, I, I want to make sure I say this properly and there's certain things that um i you know i had to morally go over in my mind if i wanted to talk about them if you don't want to discuss this that's absolutely no i do i do i just wanted to make sure i worded it properly and think about parts of my experiences that i'm going to um say because i don't know if my family listens to this you know i got that yeah i I told my parents not to listen to this podcast ever because their hair would fall out so (laughs) um everything that i've done 
with the exception with with the exception of drinking was because I wanted to do it. I had an interest in it and I wanted, you know, to see what the experience would be like. And to be honest, the first time I ever even had a thought in my head of, oh, I wonder what that would be like, would go all the way back to elementary school with deer. The officers would come in and talk to the class about drugs, and they legit had a briefcase filled with drugs to show everybody what it looks like. That just seems stupid. (laughs) What to be, you know, aware of. So if you see this, this is bad. Stay away from it, you know? <laughs> have a presentation at an elementary school today. Hold on. Let me get my bag of cocaine. Yeah. Well, it legit. Well, it was. All right. So the briefcase, everything was like, like you couldn't access it. It was permanent, permanently in this briefcase. It would take a lot of effort to get to it. You know what I mean? Not to mm-hmm. say that you couldn't, but it's not like some kid could sneak up behind the cop and take like fucking a bag of coke. And then run off, you know, <laughs> but, and like, I see they would talk about it and like about what, what their, you know, impression of being high is like, and, you know, and then you'd watch these silly videos and then you'd have like those commercials, like, I'm not a chicken, you're a turkey. That, <laughs> that made me interested in weed. <laughs> yeah. You know, because you know yeah, what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Right, you know that commercial. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it was in that moment so I wanted to try weed. And, like, my mom, my parents were cool. My dad was a pothead. He smoked weed until my brother was, like, I don't know, three and made a comment. And then my mom made my dad stop. Um, She always said that she'd much rather me smoke weed than cigarettes. So I was always under the assumption that, all right, then I can smoke weed when the time is right. And I've just always been around it. And I just had this, it was, it was more scientific for my own, you know, reasons behind it. And the same thing when I tried acid, I wanted to try it. And it wasn't because I, I had smoked weed before. I wanted that interest I had in the weed was for almost everything. The only thing I never had an interest in was, you know, smoking crack, injecting heroin into my body. You know, you know, when the, for me, it was those, I never wanted to be the guy with two teeth in his mouth, you know, hanging out Mm. at the side of an alley saying, I got these cheeseburgers, man. You know, (laughs) You know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, (laughs) But everything that I've done and experienced was because I wanted to. And I've always had an interest in that. And it was mainly because I didn't, you know, I had an issue with myself. And I wanted to try things that would make me not feel like myself. Right. And I get the whole self-medicating uh, aspect of it all and see for me it was a very different uh experience all around because i come from um a family with an addictive history including my sister who is a drug Same. addict and seeing 
what that did with them made me not want to do anything more than smoke weed or a couple of shrooms and that was it have i tried other things yeah but for the sake of saying that i tried and that was it yeah exactly yeah so Mm -hmm. it was uh kind of a different situation growing up around addicts to know how addicts function uh, or don't function i guess more accurately and not wanting that in my future now, there are three of us here, anyhow, that, that have kids, but in a Zoom, this will apply for your nephews. When it comes to, and we're going to leave oldest teenager out of this, if that's okay right. for the moment. Of course. Um, but when it comes to talking to your kids about marijuana and marijuana use, how do you feel it is better approached? Iro? Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. All this, like, all these books and experts and psychiatrists and all that stuff, they all have opinions and different takes on many different matters on best way to handle your kids or, you know, and shit like that. You know, every kid's different. Every family's different. Um, is there a best way to approach a conversation? Absolutely not. There's there's not a best way. There's not an easy way. Um what may work for some may not work for others. You know, some parents might just be really fucking uncomfortable to have any type of conversation, you know, about certain that things. That was my parents. You know, <laughs> but, I mean, it's, you can't control that, you know? That's just, people are how they are. And not every single person is the same. And that, I think, is the biggest pro- problem with society is... And, and just in general is that everybody wants everybody else to think that the way that they think and do the things that they do. And it's just yeah. going to happen. You know, everybody's different. Me, you know, it's always been a part of my life. It's always been a part, like even my wife, my wife was a, a smoker of, of the marijuana. So it was just accepted, you know, and, Never did it directly around my kids, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, after a while, like Aiden, like he would see it. We would try to keep it away from them as best as we could. But, you know, fuck. Life's hard. Adulting's hard. Parenting is hard. And, mm-hmm. you know, but it was never a big issue. Never became like this thing where it was, you know. You just say, yeah, this is like, we compared it to drinking, you know, it's okay to go to a bar and have a beer, go to the liquor store and grab a, a 30 rack of whatever, you know, and that's socially acceptable everywhere. So we just made it out to be like, it's just something that we do and you can't do it till you're older. Yeah, that's kind of how it- not somewhat of the same approach I took with my kids. It's just uh, with the two younger ones, because they're five and seven, obviously it's just, no, you know, keep it as far away from them as possible, and that's it. But with my teenager, he's 14 years old, um, I've just been very open and honest uh, about me using it and, and any questions that he's had to ask and, you know, that sort of thing. 
Not to say that it's going to necessarily deter him from using it at at a younger age, but at least if he goes equipped with the information, he can make a better informed decision um, as to what it is he wants to do. How is it that you approach it with your your kids, Frog? Um, I'm pretty honest with them. I mean, they're 13 and 9, so they're not stupid. Like, they know. But their grandmother does it, too. And their aunts. So it's like they know. All the kids know. My nephews, they all kind of know we do it. But they know that, you know, they're not supposed to do it until they're the legal age. Which is, I think, they're going to make it 21. We're, like, almost there in our state. It's legal medically here. And I have a medical card. It's close to being legalized federally, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very close. Now, uh, Nazum, being that where you're from it's classified as you know an illegal substance or at least was until recently how would you approach it with your nephews so um they are under no circumstance like to know that i am using um when i do and is to be kept as far away from them as possible, which is completely understandable, and I respect that. Now, if they came to me, if they ever came to me, the problem is with their with their parents. Like my brother is dead set against it. Like to him, it's like the worst thing possible. Like it's it's going to cause mental health issues. Their mother is exactly the same. She's so anti against it. Like she had. She had like back um back way before my illness and stuff, I had issues with my back and I was taking codeine and um and I once made a joke about it to her and she instantly assumed I was like this pill head just constantly popping pills just and yeah, she had huge issues with that. And she'd tell my brother, like, oh, he's an addict and blah, 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 blah. All of that stuff. Now, if my nephews came to me and said, look, what do you think of this? I would say, look, the more you tell, uh, the more you tell someone not to do something, they're going to go do the opposite. You tell a kid they're not allowed to do it, they're not going to listen to you. In their mind, they're going to be like, okay. We can go do the opposite, and I would be more inclined to tell them, like, look, I can't tell them what to do. Like, it's not my place. But decisions have consequences, right? If they decide to do it, they're going to be going against their mother, their father, and if they get busted, And that's all I can do. I like I can't do any more than that. Um, would I would I try and talk them out of it? Potentially not. No. Like I said, my attitude is if you would if they if they came to me in the first instance, I can just tell them the pros and the cons, and then it's up to them to make a decision. It's kind of the same approach that I have with it. Uh, they couldn't like. At that age, okay, I was shit scared of my parents. But I'm still shit then... scared of my parents. Are you kidding me? 
My mom calls me and tells me she's coming over, and the first thing I do is run downstairs and make sure the house is clean so I don't get yelled at. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even kidding. (laughs) So, um, just looking at the time here, I guess we should probably start moving it along. So, I will first start with promos for next week, and then we will go into last segment, if that is okay. Um, Mm -hmm. Except I close the promo for next week so one moment (laughs) okay so next week uh we have episode nine your 30s is a son of a bitch and we're basically just gonna talk about how much it sucks to be 30 now you look at it in the aspect that you can't wait to grow up and then you're an adult you don't know what the fuck you're doing and then you just assume that after 30 when things start evening off it's gonna be better no yeah, another thing coming. So we're going to be talking about that and the challenges in parenting and the economic climate and all sorts of fun stuff. So tune in for that. Um, <laughs> I completely lost my train of thought now over that. Yay. Sorry. <laughs> wow. I am too, but holy shit. <laughs> all right. Does anyone have anything to add? Oh, next segment, uh, last segment is what you were going to. Three plus three. <laughs> okay, I would just like to state like, that if if it was legalized in this country, it would be great beneficial to literally everyone, like people who use it for medicinal purposes. It'll be great for the economy. It'll be great for the tax man. It will be great for everyone. Everyone's a winner, right? Well, that seems to be the case. And if you look at people uh, who live in states that do have it legalized versus the states that don't, um, that's very commonly what you'll hear is just like the infrastructure has improved, school funding's improved, all of this stuff has improved uh, because of the taxation that they can put on legalized marijuana now. I'm kind of nervous, though, if they completely legalize it in Rhode Island. We're always in a constant state of construction. I feel like the more money we have, like they're just going to build up friggin' um, (laughs) – what are those things that they put up uh, on the side of buildings to – Scaffolding. Uh, scaffolding. Yeah, I feel like they're going to surround the whole state in scaffolding and we'll just forever be in scaffolding. Scaffolding, scaffolding. I don't care, man. It's like the more money we get, the bigger our potholes get. What the fuck? No, we need more signs to tell us that we're on budget and on time. On budget and on time with all our construction. Legit. All right. Um, yeah, we have construction here constantly, too. I get it. But before we end, I think we should at least have. A quick story time just of positive like 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 most memorable moments while stoned i think that would be a good way to close out this most memorable oh my god i'm stoned so often (laughs) so many um i guess my my best and my most fond memories of being stoned honestly is sitting around doing this shit with you guys I like gaming and just shooting the shit and talking about ridiculous things and laughing at nothing. I fucking love it. It's my favorite thing ever. Amen. <laughs> Frog. That, okay, okay, hold oh, on. Right. That, yes, I had this wait. one experience. Perfect. That my, I had smoked, um, 
quite a bit of weed when it first became legalized. And it was, oh, let's go buy some from the government dispensary and compare it kind of to what we're used to. Was not expecting it to be as strong as it was. Um, And I smoked a bowl and my husband was sitting beside me on the bed. And he was talking to me and I could see he was talking to me. But as he was talking to me, the only thing I could hear was meow, 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 meow. That's great. Um, I once drove with my friend, my friend John. We call him Mutch. He's a Cape Verdean. I guess Mutch in Cape Verdean means goat. I don't know why they call him that, but they do. And me and him had smoked and we got wicked stoned and he was like yeah i want to go to the mall and buy some new hats you want to come and i was like all right let's go so we get in his car all beats and we start driving we're driving and we're listening to music and we're just chilling like in the car you know and we had been driving for about 45 minutes it was not until then that we realized we were supposed to go north to the mall that was 15 minutes away and we had driven all the way to connecticut my God. Okay, just for, for future reference, no one here endorses the use of any form of mind-altering substance in operating a motor vehicle. Yes. Or in general. Or in general. If you're going to use, use safely. And it's Facts. by your own, you know, accord. Nazum, yeah. how about you? Any memorable okay one comes to mind and that is so i have been for i was for i have been fortunate to visit amsterdam and um awesome. i went with it's oh, oh my god it's a phenomenal city and first night there i went with an ex no names just an ex and went to the hotel dropped our bags off we got there quite late and we thought we'd have a little look around our, our area and there was a coffee shop so we've like look it's late we're tired let's just go there see what what the deal is and as soon as i walked in it was like oh wow like this place is amazing now bear in mind prior to that you would just go to someone just ask them for for some stuff they give you a bag exchange some money blah 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 job done you never had a pick of whatever it's like look just give me some decent stuff here it was a case of this whole menu like it was just different you know what kind of strain do i want a sativa strain or or the other one which is i can't even think of indica indica that's the one different names it was just all of this and it was like a whole menu i was like oh my god like heaven and then it was like do do i want pre-roll do i want to do it myself there were baked goodies honestly like in that moment in time it was just magical that sounds like I'll it would never be magical. Forget that, That's like. how our dispensary is. Like, my country is going to blow your mind when you come here. You're not going to want to leave. I've already told you I'm not planning on leaving. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep. nice. I've already told you to write a ransom note to my parents and to my sister and say, look, I'm keeping them. 
that's, that's not a ransom note. A ransom note is you're demanding things to get back. Yeah, I'm not like fulfilling their wishes. Like, oh, it's a reverse Santa. It's like it's like a um, a weird dear John letter to basically to your parents, except she's writing it on your behalf. <laughs> dear parents, <laughs> your Nazum, your beloved Nazum is never coming back. But but it could be a ransom note, like give pay me one million pounds to have it back. My parents ain't gonna pay back for me. Like Jeez. So then you won't know. Yeah, we'll be like, yeah. We'll be like, yeah, that's fine. You can keep that's that's fine. You can keep him. Keep him in that country. We don't need one in back. They thought the jobs are good. So my God. My one favorite story from my experience is the first time I ever had a brownie. That whole day was just insane. Grabbed a brownie. I split it with my friend Jody. My friend Jay ate the whole thing. We were going to a concert. We were like a half hour away. 15 minutes after eating it, I was pissed. I thought we got screwed. The whole ride there, I'm just wicked mad. I'm like, I just paid 20 bucks for a fucking actual brownie. <laughs> Some asshole dude just made brownies. and was just, you know, whatever. We get to the concert. <laughs> It's an outdoor concert where my mom's minivan, uh, I think I was like 15 at the time. Yeah, 15. I just turned 15. Fucking open the side of my mom's minivan door all mad. I'm like, well, at least I get to go watch this free show. And I fucking put my foot down on the ground to get out of the minivan. And then it was just like as if time stopped. <laughs> Everything slowed down. It was like I was moving at regular motion, but everybody else was slowed down. But in reality, I was the one going really slow. I was a fucking mess. I had to go talk to my friend's uncle. He's like, oh, I want you to meet my uncle, the one I've been telling you about. And I'm all fucking <laughs> my tree. And in my head, I'm like, oh, hey, sir, how are you? And his uncle's just looking at me. He's like, man, this kid's fucked up. <laughs> so later, my friend Jimmy was telling me, like, three days later after I seen him, he was like, man, you were all fucked up that day. He like, walked up to my uncle, which is like, hey, man. And then he just started mumbling something and fucking started staring at the ground drooling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my man was fried. Dude, it was crazy. Like, this band Bridges Fell was playing. I'm in the middle of the mosh pit, not knowing what the fuck was going on. I was like, why is everybody so angry? You, know? <laughs> you smell it out, man. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> fucking drilling like like what's going on? Why is everybody freaking out? And they're just all fucking running into each other, and I'm like, <laughs> oh my god. It was crazy. <laughs> I always wanted to have an experience like that again, but I have not. And then the other thing is, I remember smoking, going to the mall. I swallowed my hit, and I knew I swallowed it because it burned going down, and I had what I thought was a stomach ache, but it wasn't. It was the fact that I had pot smoke still in my lungs. My I went God. into Spencer Gifts, and this little kid was like next to me playing with something, and I was like... I don't know, looking at the stupid statues that they had on display. It was like around Halloween time. And I fucking felt this thing move up my chest. And I'm like, oh, am I going to puke? 
I thought I was for certain I was going to poop right there. <laughs> but I let out this whole big burp and it burned so bad. And a huge cloud of fucking pot smoke <laughs> bellows out of my fucking mouth and just hovers across the store. And my brother and his friend, Kevin, I was just like looking at me like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> it was like I was possessed and the devil was leaving my body like it was like so thick and oh I felt it come out and, the, and, and I, I'm pretty sure that kid got stoned I'm pretty sure because he was looking at me like, like he was amazed but like then he went and told his mom Horrified. He was hungry. <laughs> but yeah so that was that was my exciting stories Yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Great story. <laughs> great story, bro. <laughs> On that note, are we are we calling it? Yeah, day? let's take us out. We're gonna uh, call it on this one because let's face it, we're all too stoned to continue. So yep. take us out, by Yeah, he, with the exception of me, by the way, because with it's illegal. It's but a, I do want to say thank you to Frog for joining us this episode. Yeah, thank you. No problem. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. I'll I'll take us out. Because I'm stoned, but you know. All right, everybody. As as the bubble bubbles. (laughs) Thank you all for joining us on this episode of And I'm All Set. I already forgot what the title is of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's it's Far Out Man, right? I did write it down. <laughs> Don't trip out, man. Oh my God. <laughs> we, we talked about our personal experiences, what led us into trying as what some people would call the devil's lettuce. The devil's lettuce. You know, the societal issues and taboos surrounding it. And, you know, some some laughs about about it. But as far as people who still see marijuana in a negative manner or think that it could lead to the downfall of civilization, I say, you know what? I'm all set. <coughs> this is Pyro, Mini, Nizum, and Froglinostics. Thanking you once again and have a good night.